Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win Welcome into Locked On Bucks. I am not your Australian host, Kane Pittman. Justin Garcia filling in for Kane and joined by the founder of Brew Hoop and the longtime host of the podcast, Frank Madden. Uh, Frank, we were talking before we basically knew, maybe not the results, but what we saw for most of this game is what I think most Bucks fans anticipated coming into this. Of a week off, just starting the playoffs in general, we've seen this team not get off to the best of starts. And this is a Miami Heat team that has gone through a lot of postseason games now in their final few games of the regular season and the play-in tournament. Uh, but still, the loss, not what you anticipated to be recapping after game one. We'll certainly get to that. But I think where we have to start is a game where the takeaways are the Heat hit a lot of threes and Giannis leaves with an injury. Yeah, I mean, I think, unfortunately, you know, the, the Bucks underwhelming in a game one is like, you know, tale as old as time. So I think if if the Bucks, even the Bucks losing game one is almost like, yeah, of course, you know, f- f- it's it's just something we've seen so many times from this team, you know, kind of playing down to, to game one competition. Um, sometimes it feels like maybe they don't have the right game plan. And again, they end up having to be put into sort of like a counter punching um, mindset before they really sort of figure things out and kind of let the, the series get felt out. But uh, obviously the tenor of everything changes significantly. Like, you know, losing a game one, you don't really worry about that much if it's still, you know, full power Giannis led Milwaukee Bucks basketball. But with the uncertainty around Giannis, you know, hits the deck, um, you know, uh, right on his back behind tailbone, whatever it was um, with Kevin Love, you know, predictably as Kevin was want to do sliding under him, trying to draw a charge. Coldly ironic, given Giannis was giving Kevin Love credit for, uh, you know, sort of like speaking up about mental health issues um, for NBA players. Unfortunately, Kevin Love causing some very real physical health problems for Giannis in this game with block blocking call that that sent Giannis to the ground. You know, he come he shoots the free throws, then he leaves the game, then he comes back, then he leaves the game again, and uh, you know, I think all we heard. You know, you, you, I don't know if you've heard anything else, Justin. You, you are in the arena, um, I, which I, I don't feel good for you having to be stuck in that oh, arena all day on a day like this. But um, it seems like the was well, x-rays were negative. That's why, you know, they were able to kind of put him back out there. They, they're able to do that very quickly in arena. Um, but obviously there's more scans, diagnostics to be done. And with a you know lower back injury, which I believe they're calling it a, a lower back contusion or bruise or something. Yeah. Um, you know, you worry probably more about like what some an MRI or, or kind of secondary examination may indicate. So again, you hope that sort of like a worst case scenario is has been dodged, but um, you know, really going to need Giannis's Wolverine healing factor to come in because um, you know, again, Bucks are gonna play better than they did today, even without Giannis, I would expect, but um, 
you just don't want to be in a spot where you're having to play a game two down 0-1 without, you know, your MVP and needing to win a basketball game. And again, like even if they lose game two, it's like series isn't over. But man, you're really putting yourself behind the eight ball if uh, if you do something like that. We've seen the Bucks obviously come back from down 2-0, having lost on the road twice uh, against Brooklyn and Phoenix back in the 2021 playoffs. But Again, those were different scenarios. Those were starting on the road. Those were Giannis was playing. Um, and so I think obviously the, you know, by far your biggest concern coming out of this is, you know, not that like the Heat are going to shoot 60% from three every game or that you're going to shoot 24% from three every game. That that should even out somewhat. Famous last words, maybe thinking of that Boston series. But um, but you're not going to necessarily have some of the things go wrong in game two and, and onward that you saw tonight. But if Giannis is either missing some portion of the series or is is physically just not himself and, and can't play at the level that we expect of him, then the whole series takes on a different complexion. And I don't know, it's for me to say like, you know, what 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 how much percentage is swung here in terms of, you know, just having lost game one. I think if the healthy they'd still be the overwhelming favorites to win this series. But with Giannis being this question mark, um, yeah, it just kinda I think reminds you how how fickle this this whole thing Unfortunately, we saw it last year with Chris Middleton getting hurt. Yes, they could beat the Bulls, but you know they were just didn't have the firepower against Boston. And obviously, it goes without saying, um, it's one thing to lose Chris as good as he is, and he was great today, in fact. But to lose Giannis would be an entirely different story. And so, um, it just feels like everything else is going to be secondary to to whatever the medical report comes up uh, for with Giannis. But this is where the upside of a super spaced out series comes in. They have two off days before they come back on Wednesday and then another two off days before shifting to Miami for game three. And it seems like they're going to need all of that time off. Yeah. And we should mention too, today's episode brought to you by prize picks. First time users receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on prizepicks.com promo code locked on. Uh, we mentioned the Giannis injury and look, even with this loss, the Bucks are still going to be, I would assume, favorites. We don't know the status of Giannis. It just means maybe this series goes longer than you would have hoped for, and it, it, it's another reminder of why the best laid plans, and you can't point to, hey, second round, here's our path. I mean, look what happened two years ago. You, nobody anticipated it would be the Atlanta Hawks you were playing in the conference finals. Who knows what could happen with this? So it's a reminder of you got to take things in the old coach speak one game at a time. Um Bud's comments after the game were basically there was a hint of optimism, but who knows? <laughs> we, ne- we never know because clarity is not how this team operates, especially with injury reports. But it was Giannis's MRIs were clear. It's going to be a matter of how he feels tomorrow, and I would assume how he feels Tuesday and Wednesday. So it did sound like it was good news. Uh, but when I was talking about it with Dave Kane afterwards, I think, too, the assumption was – the only way we'll have clarity on Giannis for the rest of this series, if it's, if, if it's bad news, when you go back to game two against the Bulls last year, when Bud said after the game, in a rare moment of clarity, it was an, an MCL sprain for Chris Middleton. As soon as he said that, you knew this is not good, and he's probably out for this series, next series, who knows when he'll be back. So I guess not giving the bad news or getting bad news was somewhat good news, but with with the injuries and, and we'll get to the offense and everything the Bucks do need to clean up here. The Tyler Hero injury. So it happened basically right in front of us. You could see as it happened, something was up with Tyler Hero, who remained on the ground 
for a significant amount of time. Uh, then he tried to leave and tried to go to the uh, locker room, but was told by an official he couldn't be subbed out. He had to get back on the floor. And when that happened, you could see he was trying to take himself out of the play where he was crouched down, holding the wrist. He had to shoot the ball with what we've learned is a broken hand. And that again, kind of summed up this game where you were basically playing five on four with Tyler hero one handed out there and the heat scored and prevented you from scoring on your trip down the floor. Yeah. You were in the arena, Justin. I, I, I was watching the game with a couple of friends here and we both thought the ball went in off the hero shot. I think it like yeah. just maybe just grazed the front rim or something. Befitting, it almost hit the side of the backboard. Yeah, it, it was really weird visually on TV. It almost looked like it went in, but then it went like straight down under the basket. And befitting, the, the Heat actually finally missed a three-point shot, and they get the rebound and the putback. <laughs> it was kind of a, a summary uh, of the day for the Bucks. But yeah, it was really weird because it, it didn't seem like there was much of any contact when Hero kind of swiped at Grayson Allen uh, trying to get get to the ball in the backcourt after it had been knocked back there. And he basically kind of – Grayson kind of matadored him. Yeah, I still don't know if he if he actually caught Grayson or if it was – or what it was. But um, obviously that's a big loss for a Miami team whose offense has been – I mean, like their offense today was like a 128 offensive rating. I mean, it was crazy. You know, like they've been a one of the worst three-point shooting teams all year. And then all of a sudden – Tonight, they come out, hit 60% from three, put up like a 128 offensive rating and look like, you know, the the idealized version of the team that had the best record in the East last year. Um, so, I mean, obviously that's a big loss for the Heat. Um, Duncan Robinson, we saw, started the second half, which was pretty random. Obviously, we saw Duncan Robinson as a starter against the Bucks two years ago, and he really didn't do anything except he hit that huge three at the end of the third quarter. Yeah. When the Bucks, I thought, really just totally blundered their way out of the end of that period. They were they had it within, I believe, what was it, five or six? Six. And, I think they got it too, yeah. Yeah. And then I think it was like an eight oh run or something like that, or six oh run, eight oh run in the last like fifty seconds or something. And poor clock management. Chris Milton as as good as he was today, uh, he had a bad pass for a turnover on the Bucks last possession and then fittingly Miami works the ball into the corner for Robinson. He hits a three and that just felt like, you know, again, Bucks, Bucks got it within, again, they had, I think it was uh, at eight or nine points in the fourth quarter. Javon Carter had that chance to dribble up into his, I, I hesitate to call it a trademark pull up three in transition because uh, it's been pretty shaky for the last few months. So I don't know that we want him thinking that it's his trademark at this point, but it seemed like he had Chris Middleton wide open for a potential layup. He takes the pull up three, could have cut it to again. I can't remember if it was five or six at that point. Um, but instead he misses it and bucks again, just felt like a game as much as the Giannis injury kind of liner. Um, as much as I think the defense deserves a lot of discussion, I think we need to get to the defense and just, uh, it just felt like the tactics is nothing really like worked today in particular. Um, but they still had chances in the fourth quarter to kind of like get into this game and, and make it make Miami sweat a little bit. But whenever they did that, um, it felt like either they, they got a stop or two and then they just had bad offense or just weren't patient. Uh, I think that, that uh, Carter three was followed by Chris with like a kind of a rushed pull up three where I think he may have been thinking he could draw a foul. He misses yeah. that one and then drew no pass possession kind of attacks the basket, kind of leaned in, looked like he might've been thinking he could draw a foul on a mid range shot. He misses that. And it was just like, 
you know, three possessions where literally there's not a single pass. You miss three jump shots. And then Miami, every time it felt like, you know, Miami would get it. It would go down to eight or nine points. It's like, oh, maybe there's an opening here. And then Bucks, you know, bad offense, lack of patience, kind of didn't really value possessions. And then Miami came back and, you know, could always hit the, like, you know, Jimmy or Bam hit a short, short mid-ranger or they work it around three or whatever. That was sort of how it ultimately was sealed in the last few minutes as the buck began to eight points um, in the last couple minutes on a West Matthews three. And then again, just could not get over the hump. It was a hump game for the bucks and they just could never get over it. So I don't know. It, it, it was one of those. I mean, I think Miami was clearly the better team today, um, but I don't know if it's a silver lining that the Bucks kind of did have some chances, but it just felt like every time they made a run, they got made that run in the second quarter to get it to 43, 42. Spo takes a timeout. They immediately kind of counter punch. Just felt like one of those games that the Bucks just could not kind of get, you know, it just, they couldn't over their own lack of discipline, own lack of execution on both ends. And even though Miami at times did give them chances. Miami gave them chances. Turnovers were a big reason why Miami gave them chances. But to, to your point, the Bucks got it to one in the second quarter, three in the third quarter. They started to chip away in the fourth, but it was really around the nine-minute mark where you got the assumption of, I think it was eight at that time, if you're going to do something, it's got to be now because every time the Bucks have gone on a run, the Heat answered. When it was one, the Heat immediately pushed it up to double figures. When it was three, they did the same thing. So you knew – Nine minutes might seem like a lot of time, but your time is very much limited. And you mentioned the defense. So we're, we've spent a, a decent amount of time talking about the Bucks shooting and how, look, maybe the percentages aren't going to be quite that much. I did see this was the largest gap in three-point shooting percentage in NBA history with the Heat shooting 60% and what the Bucks did today. But unfortunately, that has been the norm for the Bucks, where they, they won the championship shooting 32%. So... I don't think you should anticipate sub-20, but we can't necessarily anticipate things are going to consistently swing upward. The defense, on the other hand, is the area where we have had that consistency and have had those expectations. And I know a few of us pointed out the last month or so of the regular season, we did see the defense start to show some some cracks, and there was more three-point attempts given up, a higher shooting percentage by the opponents. And I think they, they were 18th in defensive rating for the last month or so of the regular season. So you were a little curious to see which version of this Bucks team are they. We saw from the onset a lot of similarities to how they defended this Heat team two years ago. The one biggest difference was how you defended Jimmy Butler, and in many ways it felt like what we saw in the bubble. Not so much Giannis not on him, but there was one stretch of the game to me that really stood out too where you didn't have Drew Holiday on the floor, you didn't have Wesley Matthews, you didn't have Jay Crowder, and you were basically asking Chris Middleton to be the guy that defended Jimmy Butler, which did not result well for the Bucks. Yeah, I think when you lose Chris or you lose Giannis, I, I feel like where you really feel it is on the offensive end or on the defensive end, excuse me, because you know there was an interesting kind of chess match going on where Brooke, it felt like Brooke could only really play when Bam was on the floor. And look, I mean, they're not going to play Bam twenty minutes, right? I mean, Spo knows how good Bam is. He was ultimately solid tonight. He missed a bunch of kind of short shots early and then kind of got more of a rhythm as the game went on. But I mean, look, Bam's going to play a lot, you know, regardless. Um, but it felt like where the Bucks were really in the danger zone 
was whenever they went small, we saw Kevin Love had a really big impact on this game with his three-point shooting. With you know, I think he, he took one charge on Giannis. I think he took another charge shortly thereafter that. And, of course, he injured Giannis. So huge impact from Kevin Love, obviously. I feel like Kevin Love was doing this for the Cavs as well over the last like year or two. When, when the talk of him getting released started coming up, I was like, wait a minute, why would the Cavs release Kevin Love? And, you know, and I was like, well, he's not really playing much. And I was like, man, it feels like with, with especially w- the fact that you can pair him with Mobley or Jared Allen, it feels like, I mean, you should be able to put enough defense around Kevin Love in Cleveland that you can get use out of him. But, you know, obviously a huge pickup for Miami, just in the sense that they, they, I mean, they started the year and went past the trade deadline with basically no power forwards. You know, they start this super small lineup with Jimmy as the power forward. And, you know, I think the, the, the thing that really, uh, there's a kind of a long list of things, I think defensively that, that really, you know, I think if you're a Bucks fan kind of stick in your craw, I think, you know, let's, let's start with the Jimmy question, you know, look, Drew Holiday, all world defender, of course, putting Drew on Jimmy. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that, that's a, you know, individually, that's that's a pretty reasonable option to go with. And yeah, I mean, Miami doesn't have a ton of, it's not like they've got a ton of other great offensive wings that you have to worry about. Um, but Drew picks up two fouls in this game pretty early. He had to go to the bench early with foul trouble. And it just felt like, you know, they were going over screens. And as much as Drew is, you know, able to navigate screens very well, um, you know, giving Jimmy kind of a runway to, to go at Brooke uh, just feels like this doesn't feel like the best way to play. And, you know, you've got, you've got Giannis sitting in the corner on Gabe Vincent, which, you know, Giannis is going to, if he, if Giannis is going to roam off Gabe Vincent, then Gabe Vincent is going to shoot threes and probably make them because he always does that against the bucks. So it just felt like a bizarre choice to me. And I guess it was mainly because there wasn't anybody else good enough for, for Drew to guard. I guess that was the logic with it. Dean that you know Jimmy is probably like the prototype wing for Giannis to guard because he doesn't want to shoot threes. So you can't just put Giannis into those high pick and rolls where he can't get over screens well and force switches. So I would have loved to see them just come out and say, all right, Giannis, you're going to guard jumpers and kill you that way. That's okay. Beats getting to the rim, drawing fouls and shooting, you know, five foot, six foot jumpers, pump baking to get layups and things like that. But obviously that was not the direction Bud went. I feel like two years ago we saw the recipe work pretty damn well. So that was probably the the starting point for you know feeling like man I, I just don't know that the game plan made sense in that regard um and then i think just other stuff too i mean we saw a zone from the bucks in the second quarter i don't know that the game like got out of hand when they went to that zone I'd, I'd have to check like you know what the numbers were but man it felt like you know they only ran it for a few minutes but every time they just got the ball immediately jimmy hit the foul line he just had a runway to attack brooke brooke blocked one of jimmy's shots but Man, that's putting a ton of pressure, and that's just—it just feels like okay. This is why the Bucks don't play zone, right? It just felt like like when when have we seen this zone from them? Like this is that's just not their game. And then just kind of some other stuff. I mean, when Joe Ingles came to the game in the first quarter, he was matched up against Jimmy Butler. Why? Yeah. Why are you putting Joe Ingles in a position where he has to defend Jimmy Butler? Like Bud's had this weird thing where he puts good offensive players on on Joe, and it's almost like they're trying to bait them into like taking mid-range jumpers or something but you know he had an, i think he had an and one against joe and it's just it's just not not the place you want to be so i don't know it just just felt like a, a really frustrating you know first quarter in particular especially when you had Giannis. like the fact that they weren't really using Giannis in the way that i think would make sense and and then just some of the stuff that we've seen kind of plague the bucks all year i mean the bucks were fourth in the league 
in terms of defensive transition numbers in a good way. They were, if you use cleaning yeah. glasses, like defensive, you know, points added per 100 possessions in transition. Yeah. I would recommend not looking at it after this game. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> if you did, you would see that they were like allowed Miami to be like plus eight, which is unreal. Like, well, not unreal. Like 86 percentile and the Bucks were yeah. minus four points per 100 added through transition, which is seventh percentile. So transition was an absolute nightmare for the Bucks in this game. Maybe not surprising when Giannis is hurt, but even when Giannis was out there, I and mean, we saw Giannis miss a, a mid-range jumper, and then Jimmy just got behind the defense. Giannis started thinking he was guarding a guy in the wing. Jimmy gets open for a dunk. So we've seen the Bucks, you know, especially with the the amount of offensive rebounding focus that they have, um, they are susceptible to getting beaten in transition at, at points, and I think we saw that with Jimmy in particular leaking out and taking advantage of them. So just I don't know, just a lot that defensively I think, you know, needs to be sorted out. And probably the biggest concern, especially with Giannis being his question mark is when Brooke is on the bench, how do you defend a heat team with Jimmy in ISO against, you know, even if it's Wes Matthews or Jay Crowder, who, you know, Jay Crowder was MIA today. I mean, looked bad when he played and didn't play much. Um, they're going to need a lot more from him. Um, but if Brooke's not in the game, you don't have any rim protection behind you, right? There's no Giannis to clean anything up. Brooke Bobby Potty Portis, who actually had a good defensive game, I would say, uh, but that, he's not going to be the guy to stop that. And so I think just losing Giannis really just sort of shines a light on the fact that the Bucks don't have a very versatile defensive group without him. They rely on him so much to make those small lineups work. And, you know, a lot of the guys that they have, whether it's, you know, Joe Ingles, um, in particular, Bobby, you know, Grayson Allen to an extent. I mean, a lot of these role players are not out there for their defense and their defense and the value they provide when they, in, in the sense they do provide value defensively is kind of like premise on that. You do have either Brooke or Giannis out there at all times. So, um, so I think to me, that's the biggest question is what do you do when Bam is not out there and Brooke is, is or is out there against defending Kevin Love or is on the bench and you're really small um, hopefully the answer is Giannis and he's back in game two, but if he's not, man, they have very few answers there. And, and I just thought the point of attack defense on Jimmy was pretty poor. We saw pretty much everybody, including drew kind of get blown by at various points and just felt like everybody was a step slow. So yeah, I think as much as the offense was ugly with a three point shooting, um, I think the prescription and, and where this team is going to focus in terms of the film room, I think has got to start on the defensive end. Yeah, I, I do want to get to the defense and a couple of those names that you mentioned as well. But uh, do have to mention draft. Do have to mention prize picks here tonight. I would take Mikael Bridges to score more than twenty six and a half points. I would take more than seven and a half rebounds from Joel Embiid, James Harden to have more than six and a half assists. Steph Curry is going to make three and a half or more three pointers made in Game Two against the Kings as well uh with prize picks you're not competing against other people it's just you versus the projections you pick two to six players if they score more or less than the prize picks possession projection that is what you're looking for and you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry simple to play download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports first time users receive a hundred percent instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's with our friends at Prize Picks.
Jay Crowder, you mentioned, uh, I agree, he, he did not look great. And there was a couple of possessions as well where Jay Crowder was the man that made a bad foul that led to an and one. I think one was Gabe Vincent on the baseline that he just looked a step slow. And 11 minutes tonight, just under 12 minutes from Jay Crowder, Wesley Matthews did play a lot more and a lot more than we had seen in the regular season. He was pretty vocal about that down the stretch too, that he understood the plan. It just wasn't exactly the type of season that he wanted with his playing time. Uh, but we did see Wes. That's not a surprise with Jimmy Butler. He is a good matchup on Jimmy Butler. And we saw one instance where Wesley Matthews defense led to a transition for the Bucks. But with Jay Crowder, what do you take away from this game? Because again, the minutes, I think we started to see more leading up to the playoffs. And a lot of us were anticipating, okay, we'll see more of Jay Crowder, especially defensively how he looked late in the season. But for Jay Crowder to look just okay at best and at times bad defensively against this Miami Heat team that doesn't give you a lot of confidence for some of the perimeter opponents if you get past Miami that you're going to have to deal with. Yeah, I mean, I, I've i definitely been probably on the more skeptical side of, of Jay in terms of his ability to defend, like, you know, wings and and guys that are what really want to attack, you know, the rim and, and, and quicker players. Now, I don't know if Jimmy exactly fits fits that bill. He, Jimmy's kind of like a unique kind of animal in terms of how he plays. But I mean, Jay Crowder played with Jimmy Butler, practiced with Jimmy Butler. Like, you know, again, you would think he might know something. I mean, they were college teammates, right? We saw the shot during the game of them at Marquette together. So um, I think there was probably a lot of expectation that, that he would at least be part of the gang tackling approach against Jimmy Butler. And I mean, if, if Giannis goes down, I mean, there's two guys that you would think suddenly become much more important parts of the rotation. And it's Bobby Portis and Jay Crowder, Bobby Portis, let's give him some credit. I mentioned kind of yeah. the defense, his energy, I thought was one of the few things that I'd be curious what your take. I mean, on TV, it seemed like Kevin Harlan was talking about how dead the building was, especially after the Giannis injury. Um, and you could feel that on, on TV. Fiserv is not known for being a consistently great gym in terms of energy. Like the crowd lets probably lets itself kind of get taken out of games, especially when the bucks are down. Um, and probably everybody was a bit shell shocked with the Giannis situation. Um, but it seemed like Bobby Portis was like, you know, the only thing that was able to, to inspire some life with, uh, his energy. And again, some of that was on the defensive end, which we're not used to seeing as much, um, took a charge, you know, made some plays on that end. And then I think offensively again, you know, kind of what we're used to seeing, I think, you know, as the game went on, he missed a bunch of threes short, felt like the three point shot, unfortunately, which, which has been coming around was not there. Um, but you know, the way that he's able to take smaller defenders and, you know, the heat have a bunch of guys, Dwight Portis is going to be defended by a lot of guys who are small and certainly mostly guys that are smaller than him. I mean, unless Bam is defending him, he's pretty much always going to have a guy that he can take down in the post. And pretty much whenever that happened, it looked like he was comfortable getting to that left shoulder, little push shot, uh, push shot, hush, hook shot. And so they're going to, you know, they're going to need that. Hopefully not because Giannis is out the rest of the series, but um, they're going to need him to do that to continue to be that sort of offensive spark plug, especially, you know, if, if we didn't see, I don't know how much zone we actually saw from, from the heat today. They, you know, play more zone than any team in the league. Uh, yeah. Certainly Bobby is, I think, you know, one of those guys that can be a, a bit of a zone buster with his kind of mid range game and ability to, to work mismatches. So, um, you know, kudos to Bobby, but, um, but Jay Crowder, yeah, playing only 11, 12 minutes. Um, I, I probably, you know, would attribute some of that to a couple of things. One, I mean, he hit, I think, an early shot, which looked like a three, ended up being a foot on the line two. I think the Bucks had like three of those today. They had like three or four of those. Yeah, yeah. I think Bobby and Drew also had like toe on the line uh, 
twos, um, unfortunately, and then um, finishes one for five. You mentioned a couple of in ones. Um, there was one moment, I think in the third quarter where it was like a very obvious one-on-one matchup with him and Jimmy. And like Jimmy literally like, I mean, it looked like Jay like was about to fall just, down, like just yeah. completely like misread the drive and, you know, looked really bad. So, I mean, Jay is, is notoriously streaky offensively in his shooting. That has been certainly, you know, well, well documented over the past few years. So him having an up and down sort of three point um, series would not surprise anyone, but you're going to need him to make shots because you're, you're going to need him to probably play more, especially if Giannis is in any way limited. So, yeah, I mean, for anyone thinking, you know, Jay Crowder was just going to come in and, oh, he's going to be like, you know, the answer on Jimmy. You know, Jimmy, I mean, again, maybe that could have, I don't know, maybe that could have been better than, than Grayson Allen. Grayson really struggled in the first half, came alive a bit in the second half. Um, I was pretty disappointed in the way he defended Hero before Hero got hurt. But, um, but yeah, Jay Crowder, I think we're still trying to figure out exactly how he's going to fit into all this. But, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a longtime Wes Matthews fan. So, you know, I'm always happy to see Wes stepping up. He you know, hit a couple threes, um, you know, had a couple moments defensively. Not to say he was, you know, the answer defensively right. or something but, like that. Yeah. But at a minimum, you know, if, you, if you're not going to have Giannis for periods or, you know, next game, whatever it might be, um, you're going to have to probably stack more sturdy And uh, so I imagine you're going to need those guys, but uh, but definitely notable that we didn't see Jay. So if Giannis is out, I would expect Crowder's going to play a lot more. Um, I would expect start just because that's been what they always do is they always have Bobby start when Giannis is out, and Bobby generally performs well in that role. But um, they're going to have to rely a lot more heavily on on Jay Crowder, especially with the the small lineups that we saw work well for Miami. And those lineups, as as you mentioned, this is not the Heat team from two years ago, three years ago, especially in the bubble where they just had a lot of those bigger wings and guys that could give Giannis fits. So at times you do wonder, you're probably better off playing small against this group where it's just Bam Adebayo. That is the only rim protector. And that's essentially the only big. Kevin Love is their small ball five that they can play. And that's what complicates it even more if Giannis, and again, we don't know anything at the time of this recording, but if Giannis is going to miss any time uh, beyond just game one in this series to remind you about built bar as well. If you're looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want the sugar or the calories, try built bar and get all the protein that you need. Built bar is good because they're covered in hundred percent real dark chocolate, real chocolate, the healthy snack protein bar built bar, unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, cookies, and cream. Just don't try coconut. And better yet, you can get them at your local Sam's Club or Walmart. If you don't find the flavors that you love, try BuiltBar.com. That's right. Head to your nearest Sam's Club, Walmart today, and uh, you can pick up four bucks of Built Bar. All right, Frank, so we're in wait-and-see mode on uh, Giannis, and again, it didn't seem like it was worst-case scenario, but things can change when you do more scans and imaging. So uh, we will certainly have our eyes peeled for the injury reports on Tuesday. We did mention Tyler Hero a bit, but I would assume Tyler Hero is out for the remainder of the series, given that the, uh, the report from the Heat was a broken hand, and that's his shooting hand. 
Yeah, sorry. Literally, uh, I was just trading clips with Eric Name, who who is literally has been is cutting up Jay Crowder defensive clips. Um, that's why I was just trying to get off mute. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I just and I now I'm, not, I'm trying to remember where I heard it, but I believe the timeline on Hero was four to six weeks. I think I saw that yeah. reported post game. So yeah, certainly all indication is is Hero um, is out for the remainder of the series. Um, and and so again, I mean, look. Hero is is obviously not as essential to Miami as, as Giannis is for the Bucks, but certainly that that does limit uh, a Miami team offensively and, and makes them even more Jimmy Butler centric as far as shot creation goes. Because look, yes, you can plug in. Seems like Duncan Robinson is probably the guy now that is going to play certainly some. Maybe not. I don't know if he's going to play a ton. Six start. six minutes. Yeah, six minutes today. And um, not to cut you off, but it was interesting. I know. He hasn't been great, and he hasn't really been in the rotation lately. But with Tyler Hero going down, we did not see Victor Oladipo at yeah. all. And after the game, Victor Oladipo was running some sprints and going through some workouts and doing some shooting. So maybe it cracks the door open for him. But again, he's not the Victor Oladipo that most fans remember. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think we, I was really curious. Um, I kind of wondered, like, why wouldn't they just start uh, Caleb Martin given, you know, the need to have, like, some size out there. Again, Cable Martin, 6'5", 205 pounds. He's, he's not big, um, but he's certainly, you know, a better defender, a little bit sturdier than, you know, the trio of of Hero, Gabe Vincent, and, and Max Struess. So I kind of wonder, like, why, you know, why not just put in uh, put in Martin for, for Vincent? Um, but, you know, may, so maybe, you know, Caleb Martin um, is, is the guy that comes in or – I mean, Kyle Lowry, right? Like Kyle Lowry, more more Kyle Lowry minutes, yeah. I mean, it's it's wild that you know, I didn't. Even, I mean, I saw him the other night, right? When you see he's almost single-handedly kept the Heat in that game um, that they lost to Atlanta, and tonight, nineteen minutes, one shot, two points, right? I mean, he basically yeah. was was barely even out there. So, um, we'll be interesting kind of what direction they go. But I mean, essentially, only eight guys played for Spo tonight. It was Love. Martin and Larry were the only guys that played of consequence off the bench. And then Duncan Robinson, as you said, played only six minutes. So, um, so I don't know, but needless to say, the bucks finger, you know, as Bud always says, they're going to be focused on themselves as they always do. Um, and there's probably a lot to focus on um, in terms of in terms of defense. One, one play that I just cut up um, when the bucks got it to 43, 42 and uh, Miami takes a timeout. Um, the next play Jimmy was basically lurking like 30 feet from the hoop and Jay Crowder's basically like flat footed, not paying attention. They give Jimmy the ball. He, he basically is attacking as soon as he catches, uh, has a nice kind of reverse finish past Brooke Lopez. But you know, Jay was pretty much a, a pylon, like just observing that play. So again, they need a lot more from Jay Crowder and you know, it's one thing again to, to miss shots offensively. That's going to happen when you're kind of a streaky three point shooter, but you know, defensively they need guys to stand to, to step up, especially if Giannis is going to be out. And, um, you know, you gave up five second round picks for Jake Crowder. You didn't give up five second round picks for him to play, you know, 11 minutes and, and really be, you know, a big negative. So, um, so yeah, definitely a, a number of guys that, that we're going to keep our eyes on, but um, do we want to, I mean, do we want to talk a little bit more about the offense here and, and maybe we can say something positive, which would, probably mean we already talked a little bit about Bobby Portis, but maybe talk about Chris Middleton. Normally, yeah. normally we're the types of people that like love to give Chris Middleton credit. Um, and certainly he was one of the few bright spots tonight. 
he was look he was fantastic and um he early on when he was hitting the turnaround shots and getting to his spot and hitting those jumpers that's when you get the feeling of okay this is a chris middleton game and it appears he's back it's still a work in progress on defense and i think when we talked about the defense you didn't put him in a position to succeed when he was having to be matched up on jimmy butler but that's where you're still waiting to see some of the progress from Chris Middleton on the defensive side to get back to where he was prior to that knee injury. But offensively, he was fantastic. And I mentioned the, the Heat really did everything they could to keep the Bucks in this game with their turnovers and just the way that they played down the stretch to allow the Bucks to hang around. Uh, but a lot of times in this game, you looked at a lot of the numbers and thought, how are the Bucks within eight points? The, the Heat should be up by 20 or more. And the reason was really the way that Chris Middleton was carrying that offense. Yeah, I hit, hit a couple of mid-rangers early. Um, I thought in the third quarter, you know, when they kind of got back into it, um, you know, his, his aggression in terms of trying to probe the defense and get to the basket, you know, use some footwork, use the fact that, again, Miami typically is putting smaller guys on him, um, I thought was was encouraging to see. There were couple plays where I thought he was a little bit overly aggressive, you know, five turnovers I thought was, you know, as typical as typical, like the, the odd times, like his biggest problem over the past few months has been just being, I think a little bit too aggressive, um, some careless turnovers. Uh, but again, I mean, like this, I mean, to, to kind of come through being the, the big question mark coming into this game, coming out the knee injury, and then to respond with, you know, 33, about a 20 shooting, nine rebounds, four assists, um, you know, only one foul and was the only buck starter with a positive differential in terms of plus minus. Um, yeah, it feels like a waste, right? Like you got this awesome game from Chris Middleton. Hopefully it's an indicator that he's going to be sharp this series. Um, I do think it was interesting though. I mean, we didn't hear any indication that he is formally limited in terms of minutes coming into this game. Um, but he only played 33 minutes uh, in a game yeah. Jimmy Butler played 43 minutes, right? Brooke Lopez played 36. Drew Holiday played 35. Some of Drew's limitations because of the the early foul trouble. But um, I think it'll be an interesting question. How long, you know, how, how many minutes can he be pushed to? And especially in a scenario, if Giannis is missing time, you know, like playing, being able to get 40 minutes from Chris is, is pretty important, you know, being able to put him into the high thirties. And that's obviously something that he has not done at all this season. I think 34 was the highest number he's played as, as I think Eric pointed out in his athletic piece the other day. Um, and, you know, I look back at, at the finals against Phoenix a couple of years ago. I mean, he played 40 minutes every game, even the, the blowout win the bucks had in game. Was it four or three or four? I can't remember if it was three or four. Um, you know, he played 41 minutes in that game too, 41 to 45 every game. And so he's been, you know, workhorse for them. And, um, doesn't seem like minutes wise he's quite there yet. And I think, you know, Joe Ingles is important because I think Joe gives some of that, you know, playmaking um, spark, some of that shooting spark uh, with the second unit so that you can maybe paper over Chris's absence a bit more, but they're going to, they're definitely going to need his offense. Um, And as you said, I think obviously one question is just be defensively, especially with Giannis out. Um, You're going to need all these other guys, whether it's Chris, Joe Ingles, all these guys, other guys who are not, you know, high-end defenders who are not, you know, or Brooke, um, they're going to have to be better because we, yeah. what we saw today, I mean, Miami will put pressure on you. They back cut on a lot of dribble handoffs. Um, and, you know, obviously with Jimmy, he's as crafty as they come. So 
Um, so yeah, good on Chris Middleton. Uh, people who like to blame Chris Middleton for stuff are going to have to park it for, for a couple days. Um, but they're going to need him to continue to be maybe not quite this Chris Middleton rest of the series, but you know, if Giannis, especially if Giannis is out, they're going to need something, they're gonna need something yeah. close to it. And, um, you know, I think Drew Holiday, you know, the playmaking was really good today. Um, defense was, I don't know, I don't think this was by his extremely high standards, a, you know, a great defensive game. Um, I don't think no. they necessarily figured out how to best use Drew defensively against Jimmy. Um, but I, I think the frustrating thing was, once again, Drew's playoff shooting, again, left a lot to be desired. Six out of 18 tonight, uh, 16 points on, you know, 18 shots, only one turnover. So that was good. But, um, you know, I, I quoted the stat the other day. I mean, I hate the stat, but, you know, he shot 47% true. She said 47% true shooting in the playoffs for the Bucks. That's terrible. Like you got to be better. I mean, he's had some awesome games and he does so much defensively. I think his playmaking has been really underrated, especially in the playoffs, but man, the shot making just comes and goes. Um, and you just never know what true in the playoffs, if it's going to be a good night or potentially an atrocious night today was again, just, you know, and, um, they, the way the defense was, they really needed more from him as a scorer. And, you know, again, I feel like I've offered this caveat like 60 times in this podcast already, but if Giannis is out, you know, then that just becomes a lot harder to stomach. So um, hopefully we get a, a bit more, locked in from a perspective drew holiday next game uh definitely another kind of tale of of two sides of the ball for for drew or maybe not until two sides of the ball but just kind of uneven game overall from him and um you know i think his struggles and then brooke lopez is really just not being involved felt too much like the the boston series where brooke was just kind of an aftershot afterthought i think he only took four shots that were inside the paint all game long four for four on twos oh for three from three and you know all the good things we've seen from him as far as you know being a, a role man you know making himself available in the dunker spot um using kind of that mid-range touch to just sort of conjure up shots or you know attack closeouts even um just not enough of that in today's game played 36 minutes minus four so for all the kind of you know interesting things that happened as far as the the drop defense today you know they didn't get killed or anything with drew on the with uh, brook on the floor but, um, you know, again, it feels like they're going to need more from him offensively. And, and just for two-point shots, we know that they can do a lot better, especially given the way Joe Ingles and Chris and, and Drew are able to work with him. Yeah, we, uh, I would have expected a little more to, to feature Brooke, especially when this, you know, Miami gave him credit because it wasn't one hot quarter, one hot half. I think they were 8 of 14 in the first half. 7 of 11 in the second half. So they sustained this for 48 minutes where they were shooting, and the Bucks did the same on the opposite end. So it wasn't just one bad quarter for the Bucks. And at that point, I would have thought we would have seen more Brook touches in the paint and try to feature him a little bit more. When they went on those runs, a couple of those sequences, a lob to Brook Lopez from Drew Holiday, one of the slower developing lobs we've seen where it seemed like it even caught Brook off guard of, oh, you're, you're really trying this here. And then that Brook and one where he used his footwork. So if if you don't have Giannis, you're going to have to feature that uh, a lot more. But uh, that feels like a good place to wrap this up. I think the takeaways here, I still expect the Bucks to win this series. Even if you don't have Giannis, there are things you can do to win this series. You're the one seed. Uh, you see why the Heat were one of those teams that when we were watching the play-in tournament, 
you felt like, all right, we'll beat the Miami Heat, but this isn't my preferred opponent. And when you watch tonight, this is the reason why. They have a very good coach. It's a smart team. It's a team that's been through these battles. And for whatever reason, the Bucks are the only team that figured out in one series how to slow down playoff Jimmy Butler. That wasn't the case tonight. Yeah, there was no uh, Bryn Forbes outscoring Jimmy Butler tonight. There was no Bryn Forbes equivalent. Jimmy um, almost matched what he scored in that series two years ago tonight alone. I think it was 58 yeah. points, and tonight yeah, he had, what, yeah. 35? Yeah, exactly. So um, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, he'll probably be by the end of game two. But hopefully uh, hopefully, maybe they can stretch it to game three. That would be that would be a, a big plus uh, and a major improvement for the Bucks. So let's leave it there. Let's let it marinate for a couple days, Justin. Nobody's happy. Um, hopefully, I think at this point, as we said, all we can hope for is some rapid healing from Giannis Dedekumbo. And um, if that happens, then obviously you'll feel a lot better about the Bucks' chances of, again, showing their pedigree and why they had the best record in the league and why Miami did not. Uh, but uh, but again, it's, uh, man, to quote Zaza Pachulia, nothing easy, Justin, nothing easy. <laughs> Uh, that is a good place to end it. And also, Frank, I should point this out. This is the challenge light that we did see used once. Uh, it would have been nice to just use it for the, the start of the game altogether, yeah. where it's like you're playing somebody online of just going to turn it off and restart this one. That's yeah, what it felt but like. By the way, we, did, we didn't even complain about the officials much, but Tyler Ford, Tony Brothers, oh. get out of here. Hopefully we don't a lot see. to be desired. And, you load know, load uh, them back into the clown car and send them on their way. I'll leave this for you and Kane to discuss throughout the week, but two games today. And, and I know you can look at it and say, well, you're Bucks fans and Giannis left the game. So you're obviously you're, you're clouded to feel this way, but two games today where we saw the defender trying to draw the charge and it resulted in one player leaving the game for the remainder of the game and Giannis and John Morant, who knows with him with the risk issue that he suffered late in the game. It's long overdue, Frank, let's ban the charge. Yeah, and, and Joel Embiid took a nasty fall a couple weeks ago as yeah. well. So it's it's tough. Again, hopefully, fingers crossed for Giannis. He's back soon. And um, again, all, all all you know, whatever it is now, uh, maybe not seventy two hours, but but close to it before Wednesday's game. Um, I'd say we're we're all happy to have every every minute uh, of that available, and hopefully, Giannis will do Giannis things again very soon. But um, Lots to clean up regardless of, of his status. And again, fingers crossed the Bucks clean up their act. And hopefully this is just another game one Bucks uh, face plant <laughs> and that they move on from it soon. So, all right. On, all onwards right. and upwards. Onwards and upwards. Kane will be back uh, with Frank to, to dissect and get you set for game number two Wednesday night um, for Frank Madden. Signing off. Better things for the Bucks after this.